Welcome to the Mastering Mindfulness Institute, the place to end self-sabotage and get off the diet roller coaster to finally achieve a life of balance. I'm your host, Gina B. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're actually looking at one thing that so many people overlook that affects their eating habits. And I'm super stoked if you are looking into the future, you're planning ahead, you're really excited about moving forward with your life, I love it. But reflecting back and looking all the way at your past can give you so much wisdom on your habits today and change your future moving forward. So today we're actually focusing on the past. We don't want you to get stuck there and dwell on it, obsess over it, but this is some really good research. And when I see people looking backwards at their past, they gain a lot of wisdom and uh, learn a lot about themselves. So we're going to dig in and talk about why is it so important to look at your past, and I'm going to give you some really specific strategies on what you need to do so you can move forward. And in my book, one thing that has always stuck with a lot of people is just that phrase, when we heal and release the stories and beliefs of our past, we can create a future that doesn't repeat itself. So if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, over and over again, your habits could go all the way back so deep ingrained in you ever since you were a baby. So let's say if you were trained to eat the same way or um, eat food however you learn to eat it (laughs) when you were a kid, you might be doing this for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I don't know how many years you've been eating the same way, but you might be doing it for a long time. So when people feel frustration that they're like, why do I keep doing this? Why do I eat my food fast? Or why do I eat until my plate is empty? I don't understand why I keep doing it. Well, maybe you've been doing it for 40 years. You never know. So it's really good to pause and do some reflection on how do we create those habits. Once you're aware of what they are, that gives you so much freedom to to acknowledge it and then start to change and use the right strategy to change it. So any of your eating habits that you have now might have been developed since you were a child, a baby. Uh, That's when we're learning how to eat and how to respond to food. You know, as a baby, you're born with all of these instincts on how to eat. And unfortunately, our society teaches us to do it in a different way and pulls you in a different direction on how to respond to food Um, how to know when we're hungry or when we're full. And so unfortunately, maybe it's society or maybe you have your parents to thank for raising you a certain way Um, or your friends or TV. There's a lot of different influences. So the level of how many influences or what an impact it left on you may make a big difference in how off your eating is today and how disconnected you are from your body. So it's good to take a look at all of these things. So let's say as a child, you learned, you know, when you first were born and you're crying 
And maybe your mother put a bottle in your mouth to try to see if that works to get you to stop crying. Or as you get a little bit older, a pacifier in your mouth. And we start to learn, oh, I like this. We develop this oral fixation of when I'm crying or when I'm sad, when I need something, let's put something in my mouth to soothe it. And maybe as an adult, that translates into when I'm stressed, when I'm sleepy, cranky, when you come home like that crying baby from work and you're irritated and you don't know what you need, sometimes that first impulse is to grab something and eat something. It tends to be something sweet, something salty, doesn't tend to be a, you know, a plate of broccoli, but that might be how you respond to stress or being tired or cranky today because when you were a kid, that was what mothers did was put something in the baby's mouth. Um, or maybe if you were crying and your mom didn't want you to keep crying in a, in a store, I know that's a common one of, oh, just stop crying or when you're on a plane or somewhere public and here, have this treat to calm down. So we associate that when we get older is I'm having a bad day or I deserve something good as a reward to soothe me. So all really good things to start thinking about. I know a lot of people have heard that you as a child cannot leave the table until your plate is empty. That's a big one that most of us were raised with. And while you're ready to maybe get a little pissed off at your parents (laughs) for making you do that, Um, We're all, I mean, most people were raised that way, that guilt trip of there's starving kids somewhere else who don't get this food, and so you should eat as much as you can, and if not, you should feel guilty for it, versus just tuning in and listening to your body. Are you content? Are you comfortable? So if you were told as a kid that you cannot leave the dinner table until your plate is empty, that's your parents training you to not listen to your fullness, to how satisfied you are. They're training you to only look at your plate and say, I cannot leave until all this food is gone. And I think with everybody that I work with, that's probably the biggest struggle that they have is that when they are eating, they cannot stop eating until every bite is gone. So that's one that takes a lot of reversing a lot of practice, really intentional on, okay, I have to trust that I don't have to eat until all of this food is gone, that I will be taken care of tomorrow. I don't have to feel guilty that I can really slow down and tune in and listen to my body. Um, For me, I was a really anxious kid, just naturally. No real reason in particular, I think I was just born a really anxious kid. And so I was really prone to just eating really, really fast and then always just wanting more and never feeling satiated because I was just always eating really, really fast out of anxiousness. And when I feel those feelings, that anxiousness starting to rise up in my body, I'm really sensitive to it now. And instead of just going back and retreating back to my old ways as a kid, where I would just impulsively grab something, eat really fast, not feeling satiated, I can now listen to that and say, okay, you're not, you don't have to be that anxious kid anymore. I know that's an instinct. I know that's something you've been doing for a really long time, but how else can I nurture this anxiousness, 
how can I slow down and really reconnect with my body again and start to change that I don't have to be that way and have some compassion for myself too that you don't have to be frustrated that you're doing this or feeling this way. There's a reason. There's a reason that maybe I've been anxious for however many years that you know I've been living for the 30 plus years I've been alive. Um, I might be have this anxiousness inside of me that I need to have compassion for and nurture and love on instead of feeling guilty that I might eat fast a certain way, I can now learn from it and really slow down and reconnect with my body a lot more. So some things to think about, you know, what memories do you have with food? For some people, they have really good, pleasurable memories with food. Maybe they went out to eat for a celebration or uh, my family, I come from a big Italian family where food was a big part of our memories, our get-togethers. And so some of that food is like very comforting and I have to really reflect and love on those memories and not wanting to grab for that same comforting Italian food that our family was just, we ate and eating together created pleasure. So thinking about what foods do you have? Were they good memories? Do they bring you pleasure and happiness? Um, Those might even be a trigger food today. Maybe you have mom's famous cookie recipe and when you're having a hard day, that's what you fall back on. Um, It's not to say that any of these things are wrong or have to be completely eliminated, but when we're more aware of how these habits developed, We can have so much more compassion and understanding for why we do the things that we do, and we can grow from it. So maybe thinking about what did your parents tell you? Did they tell you that you can't leave the table until you're done eating? Did you maybe throw temper tantrums that you can remember and you got a treat to try to calm down? Do you have good memories with food? Um, These are all really good things to think about. And thinking about how did you create your belief system? I know that seems a lot far, maybe very far away from how you're eating, but your belief system that was created when you were a kid affects what you're capable of in your habits today. So if you had this belief system as a kid that you weren't healthy or that you couldn't do anything, or you weren't good enough, you weren't healthy enough, you weren't strong enough, you weren't good enough, those can last forever. And a lot of people notice that they show up today. They still show up today. So those self-limiting beliefs are going to affect your habits and what you're able to accomplish and, and affect your eating today. And I had to let go of things from my past that I'm not that anxious kid anymore and I am good enough to have this healthy lifestyle that I want to have. So doing some journaling, some internal work on what did people say to me that built this wrong belief system? Because you're not your past. You are not your past and you can recreate a future at any time you want. You can take that step forward to start changing things. But a self-limiting belief is going to keep holding you back exactly where you are. So thinking about what what did people tell me in the past? My friends, my family, maybe people that were close to me, maybe even um, what I told myself, that inner self-talk. 
What habits did I have? What belief systems did I have? And the best way to do this is to get it out on paper. A lot of people don't realize what is going to come up until they start writing it down. And then they're like, wow, I didn't realize I had all of this stored inside of me about what habits did I have, what belief systems did I have, and it creates a tremendous amount of freedom when you can put it out there. But these are all the things that somebody once said about me, and I'm done with it. This is not me. So it's really healing a lot from your past and doing that inner work so that you can start recreating a new future. So remembering that when we heal and release the stories and beliefs of our past, we can create a future that doesn't repeat itself. So it's a beautiful thing to just put in the work, to start looking backwards and not judging yourself. It can be a painful emotional experience, um, but try not to judge yourself along the way and not feeling bad and guilty about it and looking back and saying, wow, that may have been a really challenging past and I'm ready to recreate a new future. So if this resonated with you, definitely leave me a message here. Um, I'd love to hear how this resonates with you. Share it with me. Um, you can always hop into our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash mastering mindfulness group. <laughs> so you can join our private Facebook group for more accountability and support. Let me know if that resonated with you. Uh, so subscribe so you can get notifications on when new good content and episodes come up. And also, if you have an idea for a topic you really want to dive into and talk about, I'd love to hear it. Uh, let's talk about it. You know, I'm here to support you and I'll see you next time.